Sharai, the podcast co-hosted by the Governance Program at the Aga Khan University and the International Society for Islamic Legal Studies in cooperation with the University of Bern. Welcome to a new episode of Shari, the podcast. My name is Serena Tolino. And my name is Gianluca Parolin. In this episode, we are delighted to have as a guest Nijmi Edres from the University of Bergen. Welcome, Nijmi. Thank you, Serena, and thank you, Gianluca, for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here today. You're most welcome, Nijmi. Welcome to the podcast. What do you like to do in your free time? Well, I'm the mother of a two-year-old, so that basically covers all my free time. Uh, so I guess my answer to this question will be quite boring. Uh, actually, it is... So what do you like to play with him then? We cook a lot, especially Italian and Palestinian dishes that I love because they bring me back home as an immigrant in Germany. And they also help me to teach my child about his own roots. So at the moment, we are particularly fond of sahlabs and pizza that allow us to play with any kind of crazy decorations. So fusion cuisine for you then. Yes. <laughs> so Nijmi, you, have, uh, you worked in the past a lot on the Palestinian community in Israel and on Islamic law in, in Israel. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, well, I'm very much interested in everything that goes around uh, identity building in contemporary times. And I specialize in studies on the indigenous Palestinian minority in Israel, Serena, as you said, and especially on Palestinian Muslims. In my career, I approached uh, the topic of identity building within this community, combining the analytical tools provided by different disciplines, so history, sociology, legal studies, and also gender studies. And since my PhD, I have worked on forms of accommodation and application of Islamic law in Israel, focusing on Muslim women's rights. Uh, my previous research projects also focus on political Islam and Islamic associations, with specific reference to the Islamic movement in Israel, uh, so the connection between Islam and Palestinian national identity. And I've also worked a bit on cultural language maintenance and language shift within the Palestinian minority in Israel. Between 2019 and 2021, uh, I worked at the Georg Eckert Institute in Braunschweig, and I enlarged my research focus on the geographic area of Jordan and the field of uh, educational media studies, looking at the incorporation of discourses on diversity in processes of textbook revisions in Jordan. But my main interest keeps being that of Palestine and Israel. You also worked a lot and contributed a lot on discussion on legal uh, pluralism, right? In particular, focusing on the city of Jerusalem. Could you tell us maybe something about that part of your research? Yeah, well, in my studies on Muslim law, in, in Israel, I uh, combined the analysis of, of textual sources of judgments with uh, interviews, especially with uh, Muslim judges, uh, Muslim Palestinian judges in Israel. So with this regard, I interviewed judges, especially from the Sharia Court of Appeals, such as Yad Zahalka, for example, that are, of course, in the Sharia Courts in Jerusalem, in West Jerusalem. So that's probably what, what you remember of my research. And you also just published in Italian a book on Palestinian women in Israel. Can you tell us a bit about the uh, focus of that publication, which we are hoping to see translated in English in the not so distant future? Well, uh, <laughs> this, uh, thank, you for, thank you very much for remembering that. The book was the outcome of my PhD dissertation, and it evaluated how the relationship between Muslim law 
and Israeli national law uh, is evolving and has evolved through history in this specific context of Israel. As you said, Jaluka, the, the focus was on, on women as I, I investigated the issues of Muslim family law that are dealt by, by Sharia courts in Israel, um, and especially looking at the agency of some associations, especially in the Galilee, in the north of Israel, that uh, associations where women, uh, Palestinian women activists, are, are challenging Sharia courts and trying to find more equal solutions to address the issues of family law in Israel, and especially as they are dealt with in, in Sharia courts. And possibly the Israeli context provides some very specific insights to agency because of the structuring of the system, right? So you mentioned, for instance, the question of the problem of legislating over uh, Muslim family law. And so then that provides you an entry point to consider the agency of NGOs and other movements. Is, th is that the way you're looking at it? Yes, I definitely look at, at Muslim law as embedded in this pluralistic system and uh, at the interplay between political issues, identity issues, of course, nationalism and religion. So, and, and looking at gender issues and at the way they are embedded in this complex system, in the complex dynamic relations between the, the Palestinian minority and the Jewish majority in the country. In your uh, last article, you discuss how Arabic language is used as an instrument of uh, nation building in the Jordanian case. Now, I know usually it's Jaluka who always asks the question of language, but so in this case, I am asking a question of language. And so I would like to know more about that and how language is an instrument in that. Well, my article, my last article that was published for the journal Language, Culture and Mediations by the University of Milan deals with how Islam is mentioned in educational media for the teaching of Arabic language in Jordan. So the idea was to look at the last, um, as, at the last textbooks that are produced in German and how reference to Islam changes through time. And it is very interesting because we see that, that there are differences between, between past and present, and especially that uh, reference to Islam is downplayed in today's textbooks, even though Islam keeps being a core element uh, in, in the construction of identity in contemporary Jordan. One of my first experiences of learning Arabic was precisely in a Jordanian classroom, uh, elementary school. And I can confirm that the Arabic textbooks were heavily, heavily, heavily drawing on religious references for that. So I'm very interested in learning from you about these changes. Thank you, Nishimi. Um, this sort of like leads us into the paper that you will be presenting at the conference, which centers on Mahar. Can you tell us a bit more about that? So I decided to draw attention on the topic of Mahar for the conference because I think that Mahar practices are very interesting as an entry point to look at how a community is changing as a combination of economic, legal, social and cultural attitudes are, are all involved in Mahar practices. Uh, we know that Mahar is regarded as an essential part of Islamic marriage contracts and it contributes to women's financial security. As such, previous studies on Mahar practices, and I'm thinking here, for example, at the researches of Annelies Morris in the Palestinian West Bank, 
showed us that particular forms uh, of registration of mahara may have multiple material and symbolic meanings, and that changing practices in women's requests for different kinds of dower, being prompt of deferred, for instance, may unveil women's agency in different historical times in securing better economic rights through marriage. In the last years, we witnessed a growing attention towards issues of Muslim family law in Israel. Nonetheless, changing attitudes towards Maher in, in recent times uh, remained quite understudied. So against this backdrop, my paper will address the recent changes in Maher practices among Palestinian Muslims in Israel using a research material that I collected during my PhD. So again, interviews and, and court cases. And here the main aim is to connect these transformations with the changing strategies of Palestinian women in actively safeguarding their rights in the Israeli context. So one relevant point relates to Maher practices as an entry point to look at patterns of agency of Palestinian women in Israel. At the same time, I would look at the Maher practices as embedded in the pluralistic legal framework that you mentioned earlier, Gianluca. Uh, in Israel, we know from recent studies that Maher practices are challenging European legal systems as well in contemporary times, tackling the complex issue of addressing religious matters in secular courts. And with this regard, I'm thinking, for example, at the excellent contributions to the volume embedding Maher in European legal systems by Mehdi and Nielsen, but also at the works of Marianne Bo uh, on Maher in in Norwegian legal practices. These studies inspire research on Maher in Israel as a setting that is characterized by a strong tension between the secular and the religious dimension. So with this regard, my paper contextualizes the discussion on Maher in the framework of the challenges that are posed to the codification of pieces of modern Muslim family law in Israel, which, as you said uh, earlier, proved to be very difficult to the uh, due to the political issues that clearly arose about the possibility for a non-Muslim institution as the Israeli parliament to codify Muslim legal rules, which should be applied by Sharia courts. And Mahra is also something that has been studied across jurisdiction, but also with some uh, significant specificities. How do you see your take on Mahra fit into that wider context of comparative research on Mahra? I think uh, there are many, many similarities. My main comparative frame is with, as I said, with Palestinians in other regions. So my main reference here was, uh, was Annalise Morris and, and the West Bank. And, uh, and I have to say that there are a lot of similarities. For example, the amount of dower increased a lot in the last decades in Israel, as well as in all other regions due to, due to similar factors. And Maher practices of registration changed similarly. For example, we see that uh, that now in Israel, the deferred dower is much more than the prompt dower. And that was not the case before. And, uh, and the same happens in, in many other regions. So with this regard, Israel, let's say it uh, goes with, with other <laughs> countries, with uh, Arab countries, I would say. So there are, there are a lot of similarities. Thank you a lot, Nijmi. We are really looking forward and we hope to see you at the conference in London. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm glad and uh, I really look forward uh, to being there. Thank you, Nijmi. Thank you.